Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week we're diving into The Mandalorian, season three in particular. Yes, we're going to review what is up to this point in recording time, episodes one through four. Yes. And we will try. <laughs> yes. We will try to go in order. Yes. And... For those of you who are listening to this and you haven't seen episode four yet, we are not going to talk about it until the last part of this episode. So we'll give you a fair warning before we start talking about episode four so we we won't spoil anything. So feel free to listen to the first three quarters of this episode and feel safe. We won't spoil anything until the very end. Yes. So. Yeah. The first episode of Bando season three is called The Apostate. Yes. I guess it sets up whatever this season is. Because <laughs> it's kind of been all over the place, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit. Which which is, it's kind of the Mando way. Yeah, all these shows, they like dip in and out of each other's timelines and uh, have little side tangents that they go off on. So I guess it's kind of the yes. way they've set this up, even from the very beginning. Well, I have I have words for the first episode of The Mandalorian season 3 and it is why I'll come back to this. Mhm. Why did we start this season with violence towards a creature? Can someone answer me this? Oh, I get it. Let me answer for me. <laughs> it's a show about laser blasts and fun jetpacks and we look at what we can do. We space creatures. I'm over it. It's not my thing. It's not my favorite intro ever. I skipped over it. I actually don't even know what happened. I know that Dave Filoni's a huge fan of, is it Godzilla? I think is what it is. Yeah. And that whole like big scary monster representing, you know, existential fear conquered by humans is like a thing from his childhood. It was very popular back in the day. I now that I have a pet, I never had one growing up, but now that I live with an animal and I love her very much, I cannot stand this kind of thing. It's hard to watch it. I know they're fake. I know, yeah. 
It's fake, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's on screen. Yes. And it's teaching that anything big that's an animal is inherently scary and dangerous. And really, you're punishing an animal for its inherent nature is what these... It's existing. Yes, exactly. And guess what? This group of cultist Mandalorians showed up on its planet. Right. Okay, I'll get off my... I'll get off my soapbox. I could go on for days about this. I know. We've already angered people. <laughs> right. Listen, it's just our opinion, okay? Honestly, though, my bigger... Like, yes, I hate that. And then on top of that, I also think it's boring. It's not a story. And the fact that they go out the gate with that, I almost turned it off because I was bored. I do not like to have to fast forward through the first 10 minutes of a brand new season of something. Yeah. Okay, like I I saw where it was going and I'm like, you know what? I guarantee this doesn't have anything to do with the plot line. And it didn't. No, it doesn't. It's it was purely for entertainment purposes, which is one of my big gripes with Mando. And like, I don't want to just spend the whole episode here just shit talking stuff. Mando's not my favorite. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. It's not my favorite. Yeah, we know. We know. But this monster of the week thing or like action for action's sake is mm-hmm. not my thing it's not my thing it does not do anything for me and you have what 20 minutes 40 minutes however long these episodes mm-hmm. are to get my attention and tell a story and you're wasting <laughs> i don't even know how long with a giant crocodile and really really bad effects where it looks like people on wires flying around i just was like yeah. It wasn't a good way to set the tone for a new season for me personally. I know a lot of people loved it and I'm happy people loved it. That's really great. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say with that, I, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I'm also okay with people liking it. Totally fine. Yeah. It's just not for me. And I skipped through it to get to the more pleasant parts of this episode in which there were many. Yeah. Let's talk about those. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that was like, ooh, was, and I want to I wanna know your opinion on this. When they're jetting through hyperspace, Grogu and Mando, Din, mm-hmm. he looks out, Grogu looks out, and he sees the space whales. It's our first live action space whale sighting. Mm-hmm. Or, or the Purgil, if you right, will. Right, right. <laughs> fucking space whales. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. I see what this is. Now- I want to ask you how you interpreted that scene. Was it a plain Easter egg or do you think it had more meaning? I'm very curious. I'm not sure, honestly. I <laughs> The thing I think of is something like really practical. Does that mean the whales are going at light speed? Well, yeah, that's where they travel. That's where they live and they and they do their thing. They can travel at light speed. Okay. So, so they hang out in hyperspace lanes. How do people not hit them all the time? Well, they do. They do. If you research Purgils, there has been many a hyperspace collision. Oh. The ship always loses. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that only, I believe, the gifted can see Purgils. I, like, talk to them. Oh, is that true? Well, so I was... So my theory is, Grogu... Maybe this is where they're going with it. Maybe it's not this deep. (laughs) I'm getting the sense that Grogu is going to turn into a Force-sensitive individual who can communicate with animal spirits, much the same as Ezra. 
he could talk to the lo- the Loth wolves. He could speak to the Purgil. He could connect mm-hmm. with the you know the spiritual animal creatures mm-hmm. and kind of befriend them and use them and call upon them. I I do wonder if that is where Grogu's thing is going to be with the Jedi. And the fact that he saw the Purgil at such a young age, I just thought, okay, Din clearly didn't see them. I thought Din was just asleep and that's why he didn't see them. I don't know, though. I Like, I didn't realize I mean, the Purgil... who knows? He's got his fucking helmet on. We can't tell, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think that maybe he's developing some kind of sense for creatures, which I'm going to come back to when we get to episode four. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's something in four that would play into that theory, for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. That was an interesting moment. It could also, it could also just be, hey, don't forget the Ahsoka show is coming out in a few right, months. Right, like, exactly. Filoni you know, just being like, hey, Rebels reference. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was very magical. And I liked that scene and, and the fact that then Grogu goes down and like gets in Mando's lap and that's very cute. Yeah, I cute. know. It's very cute. The other cute thing was, okay, I had DMs about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they get to the high magistrate and they get to the town. <laughs> oh, what's yes. the name of the town? I don't know. I honestly. Navarro. Is it Navarro or is that the planet? I don't know anything about Mandalorian. <laughs> okay i'm sorry well first of all it's looking way better than it did in season one yeah it is much less shabby it's got itself a batu a galaxy's edge disney (laughs) feel to it it i I literally felt i literally felt like i was with Derek and Corey walking through galaxy's edge i was like oh i recognize that i even wondered if they filmed there it was like it looked so blatantly disneyland Disney World. Dude, whatever. it was so close to Batu. If anyone's <laughs> fucking been to the park, I need to know if anyone else felt this. Like anyway, I got DMs about the fact that the coat, the the cloak holding droids that oh, the magistrate shit. had. Yes, I did get I get messages about this as well. <laughs> I need me a pair of those. That guy has gotten on a high horse. <laughs> he sure has. Hey, he's offering up plots of land to Mando. You know, if you want to live peacefully and be the town sheriff, you know, get yourself a pair of jet spurs. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's interesting. There was this, a similar offer made to the Bad Batch in the, one of the more recent episodes. Oh, yeah. So I thought okay. that was kind of interesting that they're having these parallel stories where it's these two kind of like disparate sets of people and they're kind of wandering through the galaxy. And also there's the side story of cloning. It's going on in both both shows i thought i think that's kind of interesting yeah that yeah especially when they're being released they're at the same time yes i know that batch is running concurrently they're like overlapping a bit it's interesting for whoever is watching both and trying to keep them straight kudos to you because i'm watching them one show at a time i have to digest one show at a time it's a lot (laughs) and i would say i don't know about you but the hit of episode one of this season was the Anzellans. <laughs> what do you want? When he, when, when, then, when he, little, you know, looking Babu freak, it wasn't him. But it was his Babu, species. Babu freak. Yeah. It's his species. When he came to the door and said, what do you want? I felt that. <laughs> Every time someone comes to my door, I say, what do you want? You know, <laughs> I just felt that in my soul. Well, and then how Grogu, like, 
wants to hug them and pick them up. Yeah, yeah. No squeeze, no squeeze, <laughs> yes. no squeeze. Bad baby. <laughs> it was very cute. It was very. I cute. don't think the Anzellans get enough love. I was happy to see them. They're great mechanics. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> I heard. I don't know if this is true because I haven't looked it up personally. I heard they're voiced by the woman who is moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter movie. <gasps> Shut up. Wait, did we talk about this before? Because I think I had the exact same re- reaction. It's did definitely we? a woman it is. voicing it. I'm not, I, like I said, I haven't looked it up, so I can't confirm that. Oh, that's funny. But I do love that they have all these Harry Potter actors showing up in all the Star Wars Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. They've got, uh, well, and or um, yes. Cyril's mother is... <laughs> Mrs. That Fig. too. And then yes. Andor's mother is also. Andor's mother. Yes. Yeah. I loved oh, Fiona Shaw, my hero. I, I love her. Fiona. Oh, my God. I Come her. back, Marva. <laughs> She'll be back. She's never gone. No one's ever really gone. It's true. Besides, she was in a brick that we used to bash That's someone's true. skull in. <laughs> Greatest <laughs> moment ever. She Brazo. got her fucking revenge. I God, love I love Brazo. Andor. So much. God. We need to recap that show again. Just kind of dive Oh, we're going to do. Oh, so we're going to do like favorite quotes from Andor. <laughs> we're going to do favorite moments. It's just going to be great. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so he needs the brain of that IG-88 or whatever that assassin droid is. I, I was. Yeah. That, the, what? He wanted it to accompany him to Mandalore, which happens in the next episode. Yeah. I just. Why? Like. Well, the, it's alleged. He's being told all these things by this fucking cult that the air is unbreathable, it's poisonous, you can't go there, it's not livable, nothing lives there, nothing could survive there. And he finds out to be completely false. Even Bo's a little surprised. We didn't talk about Bo on her throne. I was going to say, which episode is that in? Well, he goes to Mandalore and finally lands on Mandalore's surface in episode two. But he approaches Bo at the end of episode one where she's chilling on her on her throne looking pissed. Oh, that's the end of episode one? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I did watch it all. I just can't keep it straight because I'm also watching Bad Batch. No joke. Well, don't worry. I, I took notes. <laughs> okay, good. To keep, us, <laughs> to keep us straight. I literally have episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four annotated with the different points. So... Thank God, because literally I was sitting on my couch eating dinner, and I was like, should I put it on and, and like, recap? And I was like, I really can't nah. bring myself to do it. So I got you. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> so we talked about Bo all last week. So if you yes. want Bo content, head on over to last week, the very previous episode to this one, and check out some Bo content, along with some Satine content, because yes, we cover the sisters over there. So That was a fun episode. The episode two is the Mines of Mandalore. Yes. My question is, have we ever heard about these mines prior to this show? No, I don't think so. At least not in Clone Wars. Maybe Rebels, but I'm not as familiar with Rebels as I am with Clone Wars. Yeah, I can't quite remember if it was mentioned in Rebels. And if it was, obviously I don't remember. So it didn't stick with me. But this whole thing with the mines and the waters and stuff, I, I was, it was a little new to me, which I'm, I'm cool with. I'm mm-hmm. cool with new lore. Yeah. I had problems with some of Bo's dialogue when, okay, so Mando goes beneath ground, the droid goes, he goes after the droid, things happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself. What did you think of the creature with the eyeball? The big mechanical creature? Well, it was in a, it was in one of those shell walkers 
The thing that took him. That thing? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it had like an eyeball in a glass. Okay, so, <laughs> interesting. I thought it was interesting. I liked that it was like a sentient eyeball. Clearly it was <laughs> some other body that it made a mechanical. Right. I kept thinking of Maul and his spider legs. I kept thinking of Grievous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, wouldn't that? See, that's the thing, right? That's the problem I have with Mando is they introduce something like this and they never talk about it ever again. It has nothing no. to do with anything. And they introduce it into the story as though it's part of the lore and then they dip in and they dip out. And I actually don't like that because what's the fucking point then? You know, like just, oh, there yeah. guy, he got taken by something and oh my God, it's torturing him. And then it's okay. She gave him some soup and he's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did that happen? A little, a little hair of the dog. It was an excuse to get Bob onto Mandalore, is what it was. Yes, but of course, yeah, like they, they could have done it in a. They could have made it more engaging. Like I don't know, I just fighting and action doesn't engage me. I'll shut up. You say nice things. <laughs> this is your damn fat podcast. I know, I'll but I'll get death threats <laughs> over this shit. It's not worth. Oh it. Oh my god, I hope not. Listen, people, this is just <laughs> fantasy. This is all fantasy talk. We're just going through the Mando here. I I was intrigued by the thing with the eye, number one, because it seemed kind of dark. And then it got up in one of those shell crawler things. It was scary. It was, didn't it remind you of the Citadel episodes where the shell yes. droids come out? Like the yes. crab droids come out? I keep saying shell, but I mean crab. Crab, yeah, I actually, was it an actual crab droid that it was in? Well, or it did it just sense if it, like, took an abandoned one from the war or something. Yes, when the Empire, the night of a thousand million yeah. billion tears or whatever it was. Yes. yes. <laughs> Is that what made up the waters of of Mandalore were the tears, the actual tears? <laughs> the that all accumulated? Sobbed a, so much it made a pool that it lived in. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Bathing in tears. <laughs> I mean, it's just a theory. <laughs> But we got the fucking Mythosaur. I know. That was very cool. And I loved that whole scene in that yes. that place. I love that Bo saw it. I love that she had a moment to herself with it. Mm-hmm. It, di- it didn't... Was it what dragged him down? Because I didn't get the impression that it was... It seemed to not want to be bothered. Yeah, from what she said, that the pool was never that deep. But she thinks that when they bombed... Sundari basically it created a cavern it like opened up mm-hmm. even f- so when he was just stepping he stepped off the edge of a okay l- like a continental shelf kind of without knowing gotcha. that that was gonna happen and so that I guess <laughs> okay because I wasn't sure if like oh no another sea creature pulled him down I couldn't tell I didn't know either it seemed like it at first it would be really funny if it was a Dianoga like <laughs> in the garbage oh my compactor. gosh right <laughs> yes <laughs> I mean, it did trash the city. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But I, I loved that it didn't attack her. Yeah. It just kind of like went on its way. They like looked at each other. Well, because the myth, right, is that the original Mandalore subdued. They didn't say it killed the Mythosaur. They said it subdued no. it. So maybe it just tamed it or created a, I don't know, mutually 
beneficial relationship with it. <laughs> oh no! But hey, it, I recognize you. You recognize me. Let's just go on our separate ways yeah. and tell nobody about this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, being let be for the first time ever on this show, maybe. Right. Right. Shit. Right. Yeah. So here's here's cool. what I want to bring up to you. Do you think we're gonna get to a point where Grogu? can subdue the mythosar and become the mandalorian of great legends and tales that would be fucking crazy i mean this is a stretch but what if they need to talk to the the mythosaur and everyone wants to kill it or something and then everybody fights each other trying to ride it and grogu just comes up and puts his hand out like he did with the rancor and then they take a nap together Oh my God. Like he did with the rancor. That was so fucking cute, wasn't it? Oh my God, yes. I, this I would... big giant beast and this tiny little, tiny little creature. I love that. Yes. I love that idea of Grogu communing with the animals. Maybe he'll meet Ezra someday and they can hang out and talk about animal stuff. The Pergil Maybe. or Pergil or whatever. Yeah, well, however you pronounce it. I, I don't no even idea. know. Pur- Pergil? Pergil? It's probably called Purgle. Honestly, Purgle seems in Star Wars. George Lucas always said everyone can pronounce things the way they want because that's how oh, real good. life is. So, because if he can wear Costco sneakers, I better be able to <laughs> pronounce Space Whale however I want. Well, that's why some people say Millennium Falcon, and some f- people say Falcon, and some say Han, and some say Han. <laughs> it's fine. Twi'lek, Twi'lek. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's all good. Purgle, right. Purgle. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Good. Well, these are my thoughts. I love that idea. Even if it's just fluff, I'm going to assign a deeper meaning of it all to me. I do hope it has a deeper meaning. It it kind of feels like it must since Bo clearly had a moment there when she saw it and it kind of came up again in, I don't know if it was in this episode or the next one where she kind of asks din did you see anything while you yeah, were down that there happens that's in episode three right i think it is actually because i think the episode ends right when they come up out of the water and yeah kind of it and then they, the next episode starts there i think yeah episode three was the best so far if you ask me yeah it was the longest episode thus far it had the most storyline character building it had the best effects with that opening fight scene with the TIE Fighters and some of those TIE Fighters we haven't seen since the original trilogy. Like the design. I can't think of the name of the design right now. But those type of TIE Fighters were... So here we are. This timeline right now is like five years pa- post Return of the Jedi. So they would still be used if necessary. Right? There's like pockets, right? Because even Thrawn yeah. still exists. And yeah, the Empire is weakened but there's still plenty of outliers you know causing trouble for the new republic so i I kind of forget that you know because i'm so used to seeing the empire show up in all of star wars so i just my brain just when i see it i think there they are and now it's i have to remind myself in mando it's like no the empire is on the run and they're still Mm -hmm. causing trouble for Bo, and they bomb her house (laughs) so why though I don't Why? They know. did bomb. She can't sit on her fucking throne anymore and think about things. <laughs> I know. She has to move on. I don't know. She said that it's because she stole 
the star cruiser or whatever it was that she had didn't stole remember with moff gideon yeah that whole thing so i guess the empire is after her for that but then why go home like wouldn't they look for you there (laughs) yeah that seems that doesn't seem i I don't i feel like there's something else at work here it's because she's trying to like build a rebellion of her own to retake mandalore and they don't want her to do that i don't know well din has still has the dark saber she still wants it from din i mean technically well, and she can use it, and he seems to really struggle with it. Absolutely. We didn't even talk about how badass she was with the Darksaber. It's like, yeah. please someone get a notebook and write it down for Din since he's incapacitated currently. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was so, I love seeing a woman fight with a sword. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. And a shield. By the way, those shields are sold at Disney, if anyone was Oh, asking. are they? We. We got to use them in the Star Cruiser. That's cool. Oh, that's really We trained cool. with them. <laughs> how, the, like, Same little, exact fucking shape. The yep. round one? Oh, how cool. Yep. That's awesome. They're like small, just fit on your arm. They light up. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that was great to see. Because Din struggles. He he barely like can lift it, which is just really funny because it's made of plasma. And anyone who's into sword fighting and fencing, they always say a plasma sword would weigh nothing nothing (laughs) that they wouldn't have any heft at all it's the psychological weight of it all right exactly the struggle she's not struggling because she has had it before she's lost it before she deserves to probably have it i mean technically by name she'll have to kill din to take it i guess (laughs) that's not probably not gonna happen how about they just get married and then she can be queen of mandalore and he could be king of mandalore and they can have their baby yoda that would be cute i'm not buying it though no i'm not either but that's like the way to solve that problem i guess you can have the the sword by marriage (laughs) oh you just said that's the way which i mean this is the way right in episode three they're sitting in the ship din says this is the way bo says this is the way Mm -hmm. and grogu in the back goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Which, cute. was he trying to say this is the way? Everyone thinks so, yes. That's what oh, I, I am just, I love that so much. <laughs> I really do. He wants to be like that. He wants, he, that's his crew. I know. I love that he's got his little chain mail shirt underneath. He does. And now he has a new accessory from episode four. Yes. He's got a new accessory. He's building himself an ensemble. <laughs> he's gonna grow out of in like two minutes yeah maybe not because maybe his species like about 200 years (laughs) 200 years he'll grow out of it so that's good that's good jeez so episode three is where they diverge right that's where they introduce correct the new republic yes we go back to coruscant and we get a fucking TED talk about DNA and cloning. <laughs> TED talk. Which it's true. Coruscant. TED talk. <laughs> TED talk X series. Coruscant. I loved every single part of whatever that was in the middle of that episode with the Coruscant stuff and the doctor and uh Alia. Alia? Yeah. Aliyah? I'm not really sure how to say it. I don't remember. But yeah, her it's awesome. 
it was interesting because we got to see what does the New Republic do with ex-Empire people? They give them numbers just like clones. Yeah. Which I thought was fucking weird. Yeah, I thought so too. I did not like them giving them numbers. That's not how you make somebody like it's you. It's dehumanizing. It is. It's They're repeating <laughs> mistakes is basically what they're doing. They are. Yeah. They are. And it's not working, as you can see, based on the doctor decides to continue his research. Hey, I'm all about scientific research and following your passion. It's what I've done. It's what I do. I don't fuck with DNA for my job, but <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but if you have a passion project and you're not going to use it for nefarious purposes, doctor, continue your passion. Don't let the rules stop you. But can we just take five seconds to appreciate the therapist droid that he has? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I think I like who thought that was a good idea that wouldn't eventually lead to a person feeling more and more isolated and dehumanized. I know. You don't even get to talk to a person. You have to talk to a piece of metal that tells you what to do. (laughs) It's true. If nobody wants theirs on Coruscant, I'm offering to take theirs from them. I think it would be great to have the conversation at the end of the day. How did work make you feel today, Leanne? What, if anything, could you have done better to improve you and your work, your co-worker's space? <laughs> like, you know, just shit like that. But you said to me that place looked where his quarters were, the barracks of whatever these, like, converts were, mm-hmm. looked just like Cyril's house from Andor. They did. And I agree. I know that Cyril's mother lived below, a little bit below the surface, and these didn't seem to be that way. But they had that same look to them, which is kind of like mass housing, you know? Mm-hmm. You see that in any kind of city, of course. Right. Or even student housing. Sure. Yeah. It reminded me of, <laughs> certainly reminded me of dorms that I've lived in. It was nicer than mm-hmm. many dorms that I've lived in. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's barely nicer than a prison. It's like you have the freedom to come and go, but you have to report in. You have to have a name or a number as a name. You have to go through repetitive shit every day to prove that you're no longer the way you were. I mean, it's very jail-like. And you have a perimeter in the city you have to stay within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of this makes sense if they were with the Empire. Why would you just accept anybody from the Empire and be like, oh, yeah, no, they're cool now. It's it's cool. Yeah, for sure. It's I get why they're doing it. It's just... Especially higher-ups, right? Because if you think of World War II as an example, right, that... German uh, uh-huh. infantry were not necessarily Nazis. Right. And so, like, the Germans after the war, they weren't punished. I mean, I, I can't speak to this on a deeper level, but I can say on a more... Well, they weren't held to the same level that the... the, the what are they? The SSs? They were... Right, exactly. That's the... Much different league. The point I'm trying to make, exactly. You know, the, the hearings, the trials, all of that, the Nuremberg trials, that was all about the SS, the higher-ups, and they were held, like you said, to a different standard. So the fact that there's a mixture of, like, research scientists and, mm-hmm. like, I guess they're officers, the other people there were officers in the housing mm-hmm. with him... It's kind of a weird, it's weird that they're all together. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that the New Republic at this time is actually on Chandrilla. They had moved it from Coruscant to Chandrilla, Mon Mothma's home planet. In canon, they did? Yeah. So. I didn't know that. All of the, like, core influential people 
from the New Republic were on a complete... And then they moved it to Hosnian Prime. Mm. And that's why they blew up Hosnian Prime. So they kept it moving. Oh, wow. So that it was never in one spot to prevent, like, it being blown up. Like, it eventually ended up getting <laughs> done. So. Good job. But they weren't expecting another Death Star, I don't think. But they were trying to keep it keep it moving. Um, Is this in a book? Uh, no, I read it on... I was trying to read up on, like, New Republic stuff when I wrote my story. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I believe, I believe it was... Um, I don't know if it's at this timeline of The Mandalorian, but I do believe... Like, there's, there's New Republic stuff going on on Coruscant, but the core of it was moved... To Chandrilla at this time. Okay. Interesting. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of interesting to see Coruscant after we had seen it in Andor. Oh, well, do you recall the last time we've seen that rock? Well, I don't know. Has it been shown again since Clone Wars? I don't know, but I do definitely remember I don't, that. I don't know. But the only time I have re- in memory is Obi-Wan and Satine at the rock. Yes, which we didn't know that's what it was at the time. Yeah, we ne- we were never told. Yeah, the minute they showed that that town square or whatever, I knew exactly it was that same place where Obi-Wan and Satine meet undercover. It was very fun to imagine them in their cloaks I walking know. around there. I know. It was kind of cool. That was interesting, that Mount Umbate or whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know, but that's really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Just how insane Coruscant yeah, is. Yeah, it kind of made the seat of my pants drop out <laughs> a little bit thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the highest point natural point on that planet and it was like a kid could climb over it in a pl- in a schoolyard yeah. like it's fucking terrifying that's really crazy and that there are skyscrapers <sighs> that go hundreds of feet above it up in the air so like and holy shit tunnels go way down well and this is a good question for you like what the fuck is the atmosphere there because <laughs> holy shit well you have to think uh, do we ever see weather in the atmosphere of Coruscant? No, and anything I've read, and I haven't read anything recent, so I don't know if they've changed this in canon or not, but there is no, like, real night and day. It's kind of, like, simulated. So they must have a biome-controlling shield? Which, to me, just sounds like a house that's never had its windows opened. That sounds gross. <laughs> well, that's my, that's the point I'm getting to. You have that many vehicles... And I'm not sure if there's exhaust in those space-powered vehicles, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you have restaurants, homes, power plants, yeah. uh, ships, hundreds of thousands of ships of all sizes, of all makes. Some of them are going to be older than others, so not repaired versus repaired. Mm-hmm. Think of all the things we know from this planet. And if you don't have a turnover of atmosphere, it's going to be one blanket Gross. of smog. Yeah. So you need some kind of atmospheric turnover to keep it fresh and breathable. Otherwise, you're just inhaling particulates. It's like breathing it into a plastic bag, basically. Yeah. So Ugh. is it any different than Mandalore? The bubble? The dome of Mandalore? Like- yeah, I've thought that, actually. I had the same thought, that Zandari being a glass bubble was similar, yeah. in a sense, to Coruscant, because it's so sterile. I saw on uh, Star Wars Explained... They did a little short thing about this Umate, and they were saying it was also referenced in the High Republic that the chancellor of that oh. time went to visit it to remind herself that nothing is too big, that it can't be conquered, including herself mm-hmm. and the Republic. Mm. I like that. It's very interesting. Yep. And also so deeply depressing. It's like the example of humans being a virus, you know, on a 
planet and just consuming every living space on it. It's kind of horrific, actually, if you think about it. But I thought it was interesting to see Coruscant again because in Andor, they made it much less sparkly, which is funny because the word Coruscant means glittery, like sparkly. And it's very cold. And they even use like cold color palettes in Andor and make it very sterile and empty and cold looking. And now it's kind of like glittery again and like how it looked in the prequels. So, well, it's all fresh and new and the New Republic and the Empire's defeated and right. fireworks and electrical suckers or lollipops, <laughs> whatever those were. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I would eat one. They seemed fun. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, I guess that that brings us to the coolest part of episode three, which is old Elia or Ilaria what is her fucking name short-haired girl with who's badass that we don't even know if she's with the new republic or not <laughs> I don't know her name and they named the thing the mind flayer which is the actual name of the the dungeons and dragons creature that they named the monster in stranger things after oh, really yeah it's called the mind flayer so if anyone's out there who's a stranger fan stranger things fan oh, interesting the thing they use to like burn the memory is called a mind flayer which is really a dungeon and dragons reference so <laughs> i'm sure here's your nerd wrap i'm up. sure that's on purpose honestly is <laughs> truly oh yeah well anyway she did one damn gruesome cold heartless thing there with the doctor she sure did so she's probably she's probably trying to like do something to get back with moff gideon she's still an empire person yeah i think that they well when the episode started they did a recap and were showing i can't remember if it was moff gideon whoever it was that said that they had like an assignment for her specifically and Mm -hmm. i think it was to go find dr pershing and basically make sure he couldn't say anything to anyone about anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well shit mission accomplished i guess and she ate a cookie while she watched his mind get flayed it's so that is ruthless up dude but also one of the best things i think about that episode it was yeah so good so that brutal. was real <laughs> that was real shit right there that is what really happens when you take an ex-Empire member and pretend to reintegrate them back into society. And nope, they still believe everything they believed beforehand. Yeah. And they are mad now. I know. It's like poking a wounded beast, basically. It's... Yes. It's kind of terrifying. The lengths they'll go to. It was dark and I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And I did feel... This, to me, almost felt like Dave Filoni giving a little love letter to Clone Wars because it was kind of the Coruscant we were used to seeing in Clone Wars. They took the train that we've seen Ahsoka on. Yes, the train. It was really cool to see all of that. Yeah, you are absolutely right. We could talk about episode three for five more hours, but we have to keep (laughs) pushing. And that brings us to the episode that just debuted today, the day that we're recording this, which is episode four, and I hated it. Yeah, I... I hated the last half of the episode. To the point where I kind of don't care about anything else that happens in the season. I did not like it. Again, again, it's the whole thing about harming an animal for doing what it does naturally. And then there's always a bigger fish, you know, and like the dragon gets eaten by the giant massive crocodile. It was just like, okay. Well, here's the thing. Okay, for everyone who hasn't seen episode four, stop now. We'll see you in the next episode. For everyone who has seen episode four, proceed forward. Did they have to have a mother 
with three babies. Yeah. Could they have just not had three orphaned babies that they now have to deal with? And my soapbox aside, I do think that Grogu is going to end up calming them and taming them. That's where all of this, my idea is going, is that they're not going to be able to do it themselves. Yes. They're not a very loving race, let's put it that way. These fucking cult Mandalorians, or Mandalorians in general. Yes. I don't see any of them raising three creatures that they have no business raising, and that they caused the death of the mother, so it's their fault, their responsibility, and I think Grogu's going to be the one to help them in this respect. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's probably where it's going to go. They're going to basically brainwash these dragons so that they'll raise them themselves. They'll they'll care for them so they won't have have them as an enemy. They'll be compatriots. Or you could have just left the fucking thing alone. I I guess we're supposed to be like, well, at least they're going to care for the babies. But honestly, I just... No. (laughs) It goes back to the wise words of a rap artist... If you don't start no shit, there won't be no shit. <laughs> it's true. So true. don't start no shit, and there won't be no shit, Mando. I guess you could blame <laughs> the the dragon took the kid first. Okay, but he has to feed, she has to feed her babies. So she's just doing what she needs to do. Right, exactly. They chose this fucking planet. Okay, here's another thing. They're so egotistical. I'm going to get real angry. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> They're so egotistical that after the alligator, they're like, oh, you know what? We can still stay here. It's fine. Yeah. And then they mentioned that that it happened to another one of them that this dragon took. Yeah, there was the helmet is in the nest. Yeah. So please explain to me why you're still fucking on this planet. It's what humans do. We show up and we take a thing and we beat everything around it into submission until... I got a real problem with that. I do too. And I got a real fucking problem with it. I also... Oh, God. Leanne, I don't have anything nice to say. It's okay. We can talk about the nicer things. We can move on from this. Oh, I mean, I just like the whole intro of them all fighting and practicing. It was lame. What was that? It was fucking lame. I don't know. It, it doesn't even look good, right? Like the stunt actors are. It was kind of like slow motion. Yeah, you could tell no one can see in their helmets. Like it's <laughs> really obvious. Don't you dare take them off. <laughs> don't you dare take them yeah. off. Yeah. The fact that Bo had to ask, how do you eat? I'm glad someone finally addressed it, though. That was my question. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> how do you shower? Do you shower, please? <laughs> You take a bath in the tears of Mandalore and the water is in the- With your helmet on the entire time. Yeah. God. Yeah, not my favorite episode. However, we will end on a very positive note that Ahmad Best got his fucking Star Wars redemption and I am very, very happy for him. Yeah, that was badass. He's the hero who saved Grogu. We were all wondering... I know, for a long time. And he also, he, not only did he rescue him, he takes him out into Coruscant and lands on a platform where there's, it is a... Naboo. A Naboo. The Naboo guard? Yes. So who is yes. his friend? Like, what is this? Right? That's pretty cool. I, don't know, I thought that was I need more. I love seeing these flashbacks that we've had of the Jedi Temple in the Kenobi series and now in, mm-hmm. in Mandalorian. Seeing the Jedi fighting, like... 
I love, it's you so know, good. the prequels are fun, but these people are not fighting <laughs> with fake sticks, you know? They actually give them, like, lightsabers that glow, and they look really cool. Yeah, yeah. And yes, they do. Like, stunt coordinating has come a really long way from where it was mm-hmm. during the prequels and the fighting is so much cooler and because it's people doing it for real and they're barely like the prequels it was all we know it was all computer generated it was the dawn of the era of computer generated stuff yeah and george lucas really overdid it because he was super excited about it and it is what it is <laughs> he was committed but it's cooler to see real people doing it because now like stunt Absolutely. coordination has come so far and seeing Ahmed best with two lightsabers. Two. Not only, <laughs> oh my God, and did he do it well. Kudos. Yes. Round of a fucking applause, dude. You had two lightsabers, blue and green, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. Like symbolism. Yes. You know, I, I always put the symbolism in things. Protection and peace. I don't know. And and he got his redemption. He's the hero. It's his Star Wars comeback. Don't call it a comeback. It's a brand new Jedi <laughs> with a brand new day. And he handled that shit. Oh, man. He handled the clones like nothing. He was kind to Grogu. He had Naboo people at his back, at his beck and call. Well, it makes me wonder. Naboo is where Jar Jar is from. So perhaps. True. Yeah. Maybe it was a nod to. Maybe Jar Jar is out there waiting to get Baby Yoda somewhere. <laughs> I know. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine? Oh, but, for fuck's uh, sake. You would not be safe. <laughs> yeah, that was great to see. I felt happy for him. That was the best part of the episode. Yeah, his story, like, of what happened to him when he was playing Jar Jar. Like, I didn't, so sad. I didn't like Jar Jar either, but that doesn't mean people should put so much hate on the actors. It's, it's really no. horrible. We can do better, and we should do better as a fandom. I think it was great they gave him that role. They gave him this place in the story. He's getting the love he deserves on social media from what I've seen so far, which is great. It very obviously was a choice made as an apology to make things right. A well-intended, perfectly done way to give an actor his due in the best way possible. Because it could have been Yoda. It could have been Obi-Wan. How are we going to fit this in? How is it going to work in the timeline? It doesn't. We don't have to worry about any of that. We have a Jedi in the form of this man who saved Grogu, and who knows where his story goes from here. We don't see him in Return of the Jedi, so... It would be pretty <laughs> fucking cool, though, if this new Jedi takes Grogu and gives him, like, hands him off to Quinlan Voss. <gasps> for the path. Oh, fuck me! What did you just say? <laughs> no shit, I never thought of that! I thought for a minute before I saw a spoiler... Someone said something about Ahmed oh Best my. being in this episode coming up, and, and then I, I figured it was not going to be. But I was like, maybe Quinlan is who saved baby Yoda. He still could. <laughs> I'm having a moment over here. I still don't know why would they tease him in Obi-Wan without know. intending to bring him into the larger picture. I really hope they do, because I think he's a really fun character. And I would love to oh, see please that. Please let it happen. Please let it happen. Please. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I will say <sighs> okay. one other thing about this episode that I did like and actually yeah. brought a little tear to my eye was when the armorer made Grogu his placard. Yeah. And I don't know if it's yes, yes, yes. supposed to be on his shoulder at some point or whatever it is, but. Well, he'll grow into it. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole idea of a little piece is donated from each member 
and they melt it down and create this new piece of armor to protect him just as you reforge yourself you know and grow and yeah find the weak points and i was i thought that was very beautiful and i really liked that that to me was you're right very felony to me and i i liked that very yeah, much very much yeah and it was it was heartwarming because of the absolute awfulness that grogu went through yeah and he's found his new clan the jedi were his old clan they're gone now, so now he's found his new clan. He's got all this little trauma that he's carrying inside his little tiny body and no one to talk to because no one speaks his language. It's well, that's why I think he can talk to animals. He can talk to the creatures. They'll understand him. Yeah. Also, one other thing, just in case people didn't know. I think people know, though. This episode was directed by Carl Weathers. He's the magistrate. Oh, well, there you have it. Sorry, to me, like, Carl Weathers is always going to be himself from arrested development like that's always how i see sure (laughs) no matter what yeah i think it's kind of cool they let him direct an episode that was cool well that's the recap of the first four episodes i don't know if we'll do a recap of the next few we'll see where this this season goes but yeah we had to talk about it because i mean it's out there it there's some good stuff in it there's some questionable stuff in it but I'll tell you what, my mother's loving it. Well, that's She's good. been quoting the Anzellans for four fucking weeks. <laughs> no, Baboken, a Boken. Not your friend anymore. <laughs> you know, she's been quit quoting the Anzellans for weeks now. That's so funny. And I love her for it. Join us back here next week. We are going to do another Obi-Wan-centric episode. We are going to re-examine Revenge of the Sith now that we know what happens in Clone Wars Season 7 with emphasis on Obi-Wan. And I think it'll be very interesting because we've all kind of loosely talked about it, but we haven't really deep-dived into it and, like, the meaning and the things we know now and how it could have played into everything that we know in Revenge of the Sith. It could totally change how certain scenes feel now because of yeah. what we know about Ahsoka and everything so it should be really interesting to yeah. dive into I think I'm ready for some more Obi-Wan Leanne I need some more <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> it's been a Kenobi drought and we end it next week <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast we appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support if you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.